1: Kevin Herter to get it in. Everyone
0: standing at State Farm Arena. Herter looks, lays it in to Trey. Two seconds, one. Trey's fluttered. ladies and gentlemen boys and girls what is up what is up what is up hello on a beautiful wednesday afternoon um game day right game day the atlanta hawks are in the eastern conference finals and uh i promised you guys on the last podcast that i would come and try to do a preview pod so here we are in the middle of the day and i just wanted to go over just a few things real quick man we're not going to be long today and just kind of preview the hawks and bucks series just kind of look at some of the numbers uh kind of get your feedback how you're feeling going into this series so if you're a hawks fan if you're a Bucks fan, welcome. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We we, we don't discriminate. How are you feeling going into this series? You know, uh, two teams that a lot of play, a lot of folks didn't really have in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, a third seed and a five seed. But nevertheless, we are here. First things first, man, don't forget to check out the Hawks Beat. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hawks Beat. Uh, we're always uh, we're always appreciative of Uh, retweets and reshares and all that jazz. So uh, go buy the podcast, check it out, rate, review, and subscribe to the pod, and uh, give us a five-star rating to uh, help us get our weight up in the podcast community. But listen, let's jump right into this, guys. Uh, Game time tonight, I believe, Tip is at 8.30. Uh, Nate McMillan is scheduled to have his availability at 7 p.m. So uh, hopefully there. We'll find out what kind of starting lineups he's going to go with tonight and see it because there's some injury questions that we have, right? Some injury questions and, um, you know, so we'll probably get that tonight around seven, but game tips off tonight around 830 and uh, in Milwaukee and we're going to get down to battle, man. Hopefully uh, it, it will be as good a series as the Western Conference Finals, man, that has that thing has gotten off to a really good start, but. Hopefully, we'll have a good long series between the Hawks and the Bucks. First things first, man. I wanted to go over some injury news from the Hawks, um, from the Hawks uh, side of the uh, the ball. Kevin Herder is listed as probable. Um, he had a little bit of ankle soreness, nothing to really worry about there. Uh, he's going to play for the most part, but he's uh, one one noticeable thing about the Hawks injury report is that Trey Young is no longer on the report. So uh, I guess the shoulder is feeling fine, which is a good sign. And uh, we'll probably talk about it during the series, but no, no, <laughs> no let up for Trey. So he goes from uh, taking on Ben Simmons and Theibel to uh, the, the holiday kid who was, who was just a dog of a, of a defender. So uh, I'm sure that's going to be a storyline during the series as well. Uh, bogey and cam are both listed as questionable. Now cam, his status got upgraded to questionable, uh, within the past few days. And bogey, we all know that he had been struggling with that knee. Now, um, uh, and of course, Hunter and Goodwin are going to be out, uh, with their issues. Hunter, of course, getting the right knee meniscus surgery. Um, I heard the surgery went well, so he's on the road to rehab. And a good one is out as well on the report. So that's kind of a look at the storylines. But I want to start kind of in the middle with those injuries, right? Bogey and Cam. Uh, I'll start with Bogey first. That knee is definitely not—it's not where it needs to be. And and I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Nate navigates Bogey's injury because um, he didn't really shoot the ball last. He didn't shoot the ball well last game. Um, you could tell it was bars on him. You could tell he he was just kind of thugging it out, you know. But the thing about it, when Bogey is on the floor, you still have to account for him, whether he can move or whether he can't move because the brother can shoot. Like, he can shoot, shoot, you know. So, I mean, it's really up to the players, it's going to be up to the coaching staff to see what can they get out of him. Uh, if they put him on a minutes restriction, if they let him rest uh, a game or two, I'm not I'm not sure what they're going to do. I mean, I don't have the answers, but that is going to be something Nate and his staff are going to have to watch and going to have to monitor because Bogey has been a big part of the Hawks' success. Like all season, he's been a, a huge part of the Hawks' success. So we're going to be watching and seeing how they navigate with Bogey, if he's going to start, if he's not going to start, what the deal is. So uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Cam Reddish, uh, again, got up, uh, up uh, upgraded to questionable. Now, I said in my last podcast, somebody asked me, do I think that we'll see Cam Reddish in this series? I'm still likely to lean no, but again, I'm not necessarily the coach, and I, I say no for several reasons. Um, yes, Bogey might be out, and there may be minutes there. Uh, I still hold fast to I don't believe that you can have a guy who's been out for four months just come in and kind of leapfrog other guys who have been playing ahead of him. Coaches traditionally don't do that, you know, and the last time we saw Cam, it was four months ago. So you have to ask yourself, what kind of service are you doing to him if you just throw him out there in the Eastern Conference finals and tell him, hey, look, Go guard Chris Middleton, you know, because (laughs) I imagine if if Cam does play in the likelihood that he does get into the game, I imagine that, of course, he'll be on a minutes restriction. But I'm just not sure of playing him if that's the best thing. Now, this is just me, if I'm the coach. And I'm kind of thinking, like, from a coach's perspective, uh, do you just kind of throw him in that type of fire? Uh, we do know in the beginning of the season, Cam was struggling offensively. You know, he was kind of struggling offensively, and I know we got a new coach and a new system, but um he, he was he was working on some things, so I, I don't know if throwing him out there is the best thing for Cam. Could it be a situation where they just hey man, let me see what you got for five or ten minutes? That could be a situation, I don't know, but for me personally. I would kind of err on the side of just maybe letting him rest and just seeing, you know, seeing how, how how that thing goes. Right. We're seeing how that thing goes. I know a lot of people would love to see Cam. A lot of people root for Cam to be out there. And uh, ultimately, it's going to be up to Nate McMillan. Um, we'll see again, again, during coaches availability before the game uh he he coach doesn't really like to speak on injuries that much <laughs> before the game so if if, if possible maybe he's, maybe some, maybe one of the brave journalists would ask him about cam and, and the possibility but traditionally coaches don't they they keep that they keep those cards close to the vest on whether a guy is going to play or whether he's not going to play so the best we got right now is that he's questionable and that bogey's questionable so We'll just have to see. A big thing is this, though. If Bogey can't go, what does your starting five look like, right? So if you're in the chat, hit me up. Tell me who, who you would start if, if Bogey, if the situation is where he has to sit out, if he, if that knee is just he just can't go, who do you plug in? Do you plug in Solo? Do you plug in Gallo? What do you do with the five? To me, I think it's it, I think it's got to be one of those two guys. And this is just me just thinking. Milwaukee is a big, long team, right? And so I'm thinking that you, you it, it will be tough. It'll, to be honest with you, it'll be tough. Even if you run the lineup that you've been running, and you have Herder at like the three, and then you have you know Collins and Capellas, your bigs, you're still going to run into matchup problems because. The things that Milwaukee does, the type of players that they have—they're big, you know—they're long. You've got Middleton, who 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 can who can, you know, he's just a, a phenomenal player, and it's hard to find a guy to match up with you. So I've done this, so I want to look at it from the standpoint. And let's just say, and I'll, and I'll do two, I'll do both situations. So let's just assume, let's assume Bogey can't go. If your starting lineup is solo, you're going to look like this. You're going to look like Trey and Herter in the backcourt, front line of solo, Collins, and Capella, right? Right. So I'm thinking of the matchups, right? And I think the matchups are going to be very important. You look at the two bigs from Milwaukee. You look at Giannis and you look at Lopez. I'm thinking that if if you're the Hawks, you have to line up. And traditionally, knowing how teams play and how teams match up, very rarely are you going to get just one guy on the next guy like all game. You typically don't do that. With a guy like Giannis, you're going to throw many faces at him. You're going to throw many faces at him, and whatever guy has the high hand, whatever guy can lock him up, that's the guy you're going to go with. Off the top, I think that you're going to do this. I think that with Giannis and Lopez, I think you're going to see a, match, uh, a, a, a a tag team kind of of Capella and John Collins. How that goes, I'm not sure because Collins and Capella can both be foul prone, right? So you don't want a situation where John Collins is out on the wing trying to guard Giannis, you know, and he's driving to the hole. Then you got John Collins picking up fouls and you don't want Clint Capella picking up those fouls. So I think between the two of them, you got to have kind of a tag team, you know let them see Collins a little bit, let them see Capella a little bit. You know, those guys are long. Those guys can, you know, they can move pretty good laterally. And so I think that you'll see kind of a mix between the uh, JC and Capella. So when you look at Milwaukee, you got Giannis and Lopez. I think JC and Capella will kind of switch off between those two. I think, well, for Middleton, Middleton is is kind of their guy. You obviously can't throw Trey on Middleton. <laughs> you, you just can't do that, right? I'm thinking if, if you throw Herder on Middleton, it wouldn't be bad, but it would still kind of be a little barbecue chicken moments. I think you got to throw. I think you got to throw Solo at Middleton if that's what you do. If Solo starts, I think he gets first crack at Middleton. Again, he's not going to be on him the whole game, but Solo's a tough guy. He's a physical guy. You know, maybe he gets in his chest, makes Middleton, settles for a whole bunch of jumpers, and I think that's the matchup you you, you might go with. If that's the curse, you only got Holiday and Tucker left. So then, obviously, you're going to put Herder on Holiday, which isn't a too bad of a matchup because Holiday is not going to be one of your primary primary scores for Milwaukee. And then the leftovers, you always give it to Trey. I mean, that's just how it is. The fifth guy, the Tucker. You're going to give him the Trey because Tucker, all he's going to do is just sit in that corner and wait for the open three. So, again, if Bogey is out and if you start solo, I think the matchup is this. Trey on Tucker, Herder on Holiday, Solo on Middleton, JC on Lopez or Giannis, Capella on Lopez or Collins. I think that's what you do if you go with the lineup of <clears throat> uh, Solo if bogey can go, and again, this is assuming bogey can go because he's kind of questionable, and so it it doesn't look good, man. It doesn't look good for him. But we'll see, we'll see how that goes. If they can, and, and I hear, and I, I was listening to, um, I was listening to what podcast was I listened to? Um, Lockdown Hawks, my guy Brad Rowland, good friend of the show, man. Brad does great work. Uh, one of the top tier, uh, Hawks podcasts out there. Y'all make sure y'all check out my guy. Um they were talking about the idea of Gallo starting. And um while I like the length and I like having a big up there as, as a 3, um Gallo is definitely not what he used to be, but I wouldn't hate it. Like I wouldn't hate it if they did that, right? So if you go to Gallo, you definitely have a a bigger a bigger type of uh, a bigger guy out there makes matchup problems. I think if you run Gallo out there, I think it makes it harder for the Bucks to match up with the Hawks cuz who are you going to throw at Gallo, you know? If you got a 3, you can throw Tucker out there, but you know, I, I, Gallo's a tough guy. He's a tough guy, he's a tough caller, especially if he's hitting the shot. So I think you do the same thing as far as the matchups. Uh you got to um it'll be a little bit different though because you can't put the 3 on the 1. So I think you would go Trey on Holiday on Middleton, Gallo on Tucker, J.C. and Capella again on the two big. So that's why I think the matchups will go. But, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how the matchups are going to go. Currently, the Hawks are, I think, seven-point uh, underdogs going into the game, which is kind of expected. You know, nobody really expected the Hawks to be here. And I think that's kind of like kind of the Stilo, right? That's kind of the Stilo. You're not supposed to beat the fourth seed. You know, the next supply win. Then the Hawks win that. Then you go up in Philly. Oh, you're not going to beat Philly. Then, you know, you, you handle business there. So I, I would be very cautious to just easily say, hey, the Milwaukee Bucks are the better team. They're the three seed. It's a done deal. I haven't seen anybody in the media pick the Hawks. I haven't seen anybody in the Hawks. I mean, anybody in the media picked the Hawks. So uh, I'm not going to give a prediction right now. I'm not really going to, I might not even give a prediction, but I will say this, this ain't going to be no runaway. It's not going to be no runaway. Let me run to the chat real quick. See what you guys are saying. Checking in Al Bundy Jr. What up? He said, Cam going to get Skylar, (laughs) Skylar Mays minutes. Shout out to Skylar Mays, man. And I'll tell you what, man, even though he hasn't been having many minutes, Skylar Mays has been a good story for the Hawks. A good second round pick. And uh, I like what Travis did in selecting Skylar Mays, man. So shout out to Skylar Mays. Uh, Talford100, checking us out on Twitter and um, Periscope. He says Capella, Collins, Snell, Herder, and Trey. Uh, starting uh, Snell. Okay, I, c- I can see that. The different. the only thing is this Snell hasn't been the guy that he was in the middle of the season for about a month and a half now, right? Like, I don't know, ever since he had that like that last tweak, that last injury, he hasn't shot the ball, and he hasn't been as dynamic as he was toward the middle of the season where he just was not missing anything. So, uh, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not the coach. I'm not going to say, like, yo, you're crazy. I mean, I, I don't think it would be, you know – I would personally go with either solo or gallo, but Snell, you know, if he's right, throw him out there. You know, if he's right, throw him out there. One issue I I did want to go over, um, towards the end as far as the X factor, right? So the X factors are always kind of that thing that nobody thinks about or kind of, so I did a little digging, right? I did a little digging and I come up with two X factors in this series, three point shooting, in fourth quarter execution, right? So, follow me because I'm gonna go a little nerd, right? I'm gonna go a little, I'm gonna hit you with a couple of stats and then we're gonna put this thing in a bow and go to bed, right? Three point shooting one thing that you, one thing that is, uh, that that Coach Bud's teams always do is they shoot a ton of threes. I remember covering the Hawks when Coach Bud was here and they shot a ton of threes. And I, and I think one one game I asked him, I was like, you know, do and I, you, you got to be delicate when you ask these questions, right? Because coaches, they have these egos and they don't like anybody to question their style. And I think one, one game I asked him about, like, you know, do you used to subscribe to the analytics? And what do you uh, what do you think of the three point shots that you make as opposed to the three point shots you take? In other words, I wanted to ask if you're not making all these daggone threes, why are you taking all these threes, right? I didn't quite ask him that, but I kind of jumped around and he gave me some coach speak and he didn't really answer my question. But he's in Milwaukee and he's doing the exact same thing. He's not hitting threes at a high clip. He's not hitting threes at a high clip currently out of the 16 playoff teams, and I'm I'm looking at it in the totality, right? I'm looking at everything in the totality. Out of the 16 teams, the Milwaukee Bucks are shooting 31%, which is 14 out of 16. Like, you're at the bottom. Putting everything in together, you're at the bottom of three-point percentage, right? And so the idea is if you're at the bottom of the three-point percentage, you probably shouldn't be near the top with attempts not the case because that's how bud ball is they shoot a ton of threes so they're at the bottom as far as makes but they're sixth they're sixth in attempts they attempt 36 three-pointers a game that's six and that, that's putting the whole totality the whole, all 16 playoff teams during the playoffs they are six as far as the number of attempts. So they're shooting 31%. So conversely, you look at the Hawks. The Hawks are 10 out of 16, which is kind of in the middle, a little bit below the middle. They're shooting 34%, and they're 10th in attempts. So your 10th in makes, your 10th in attempts, that's a little bit more balanced, right? You're shooting about 32 threes a game, which is still crazy because I'm kind of old school. I, don't, I mean, I remember a day when you didn't shoot all these threes, but it's whatever, right? And so the Hawks are a little bit more balanced when it comes to three point shooting, right? Last round, the Hawks they did not shoot the three ball well, but you know what they did do? They shot it better than the Bucks from the three point range. Last last round, they shot 33 percent. The Bucks they shot 30 percent from the three. Why is that important? Because typically the way the Bucks play basketball, if you have a 10, 15, 20 point lead, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna are they gonna eat up clock, work it into the middle, get shots inside the paint? No. They're gonna shoot threes. They're gonna shoot threes. And that lead could either go from 15 to 30 or it can go from 15 to 1 really quick. Really quick. Right, and I'm not saying like you know it's gonna be you know it is what it is. I'm telling you about the style of how the Milwaukee Bucks play. They shoot a ton of threes. They shoot a lot of jumpers, and so the Hawks will never be out of this series. They will always have a chance to erase any lead that the Haw- that the Bucks get up on. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Same thing that happened in Brooklyn. Like how are these teams blowing eighteen and twenty point leads. It's because when they get up, they just yoke up all these threes, and it gives the other team a way to get back into the game. So I think that's important, the three-point shooting. Lastly, fourth-quarter execution. Nate McMillan has turned this Hawks team into one of the better fourth-quarter teams in the league. Yeah, I said it. They're one of the better fourth-quarter teams in the league. So he took their weakness and made it one of their strengths. So when you look at the fourth quarter, if it's close and it's a tight game, did you see that game with Milwaukee in, in uh, Brooklyn? How, how you know, Milwaukee was tight. They won. They won. But they were tight in that fourth quarter. I don't see that when I see the Hawks play in the fourth quarter. They seem They seem poised. They seem relaxed. Why? Because Nate has been preaching that since March about fourth quarter execution. I'm going to give you a few numbers and then we're going to get up out of here. Fourth quarter shooting. The Hawks have been better than the Bucks. 26 points a quarter to 23 points a quarter. They've been the better shooting team. 44% to 41%. Hawks to Milwaukee. They've been the better three point shooting team. 35% to 25%. Yes, the Milwaukee Bucks have shot 25% from three in the fourth quarter so you know it is what it is i'm not going to give a production right now because you know I, I you know predictions are what are they for you know what i mean but this is what are they for right but i'm just saying this everybody that's so quick and so easy to say oh it's gonna be a you know bucks are going you do what they got to do okay okay and that may way happen but look at the numbers look at the storylines the hawks have more than a puncher's chance to take care of business against the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's just a little preview. We'll um, be doing podcasts, of course, throughout uh, the show, I mean, throughout the series. And uh, just make sure y'all follow the Hawksby on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the social media platforms. That's where we are, man. Y'all know how to get at us. But uh, I think that's about it for the preview show, man. I'm in and out in 25 minutes, kind of like I said. So uh, we'll see you guys when we see you. Uh, peace and love. Thanks for checking us out. And uh, like we always say, man, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. So if you don't know him, you need to find him and show him love because that's all When you. L-O-B-E, love. We out. Peace. Kevin Herter to get it in. Everyone standing at State Farm Arena. Herter looks, plays it into Trey. Two seconds, one. Trey loaded.
1: I his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal, most vicious, and most ruthless champion that's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody's as ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. Praise be to Allah.
0: You are now listening to the Halle Beat Podcast with your host. Need